Thanks for being with us today. We're taking some time to remember Queen Elizabeth II. It was announced earlier today by the royal family that the longest reigning monarch in British history had passed away at the age of 96. Joining us right now is Dr. Graham Broad, Associate Professor and Chair in the Department of History at King's University College. Dr. Broad, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mike. Dr. Broad, if we're going to look at some things that will stand out in the life of British monarch Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history, where do you point to? Well, I think you, you've nailed it right from the beginning that she was seven decades uh, on the throne. And uh, therefore, for, for the great majority of, of people, she's the only British monarch they've ever known, the only, the only Queen of Canada or, or Canadian monarch they've ever known. And she reigned over an extraordinarily uh, complicated uh, period. I mean, going back to 1952, when she was 25 years old, her first prime minister was Winston Churchill, as you can imagine that. And of course, she just swore in her, her 15th uh, British prime minister. Uh, and she's had dozens of prime ministers in the other Commonwealth realms, too. She, she presided over so much, including the dissolution of, of the British Empire and the rise of, of the Commonwealth. It was just an extraordinary period uh, in which she reigned. Yeah, the, the, you have to think about that. The, the dissolution mm-hmm. of, you know, the, what, what was in place and, and how that played out in history. How do you think we will remember that and her role within it? Well, I think one of the remarkable things about her was that even though she reigned over this period of, of remarkable transition and then, a, you know, into the modern period where her family got caught up in all kinds of scandals as we get into the celebrity obsessed modern age, she somehow remained above it all. She remained this symbol of, of tradition um, and stolidity uh, and nonpartisanship through that entire uh, remarkable period of, of 70 years. We're talking right now with Dr. Graham Broad, professor at King's University College in the Department of History, where Dr. Broad serves as chair. When we look at, at how a queen is supposed to act in our minds, in that classic description, is this the person you think we'll hold tightest to, strongest to, maybe from now on? Yeah, I think so, because of the extraordinary length of, of her reign. And it's going to be a tough act for Charles, who we now know will be called Charles III. Uh, it would be extraordinarily tough act for him to follow, because he, he's never had his, his mother's personal popularity. Uh, even as interest in the monarchies declined in the UK and, and Britain, um, the, uh, the respect for the Queen has remained. And Charles has never quite had that. So it'll be a great challenge for him to go forward to try to, to, try to recapture his mother's luster. Dr. Broad, it's very interesting to hear you use words like popularity and respect mm-hmm. because those aren't just handed out. You just don't put a crown on your head and all of a sudden become popular, all of a sudden garner respect. How did Queen Elizabeth II gain as much of that as she did? Well, I think she earned it through ceaseless service uh, to the United Kingdom and the other Commonwealth realms, beginning during the Second World War when as princess, you know, she served in the armed forces as a driver and as a mechanic. Uh, and then through uh, that transitional period when her father died quite unexpectedly and she became queen at a very young age of, of 25. 
And of course, she traveled the world constantly performing her executive duties and ceremonial duties as, as queen. I think she, I forget how many times she visited Canada, but it was more than any other part of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the Commonwealth. So she, until recent years, um, she was constantly performing service uh, um, in her role as, as monarch. Dr. Broad, how surprised would all of us who maybe don't follow the monarchy incredibly closely, how surprised would we be to know what goes into that role of the queen? Oh, I, I think that some people are under the impression somehow that she just sort of lived a life of, of luxury and so on. And, and there undeniably was that. She was a fantastically wealthy person, um, you know, even, even in her own rights, as apart from what the crown holds. Um, but at, at the same time, her life would have been one of constant work, constant public scrutiny. Um, and that public scrutiny in particular would have worn on, uh, uh, very heavily, I think, on, on most other people. Um, but again, she somehow managed to stay above that, that fray of invasive celebrity culture that uh, you know, her children and even grandchildren have been caught up in. And that's remarkable because yes. that's, that's very difficult. You think British tabloids and what they're famous for and yeah. all of the scandal that seems to surround whoever happens to be in the public eye, whether they're royals in a country or not, how difficult it must be to keep that straight and narrow, to keep that presence. And indeed, uh, you know, shows such as Netflix is the crown, which is uh, really, it's interesting. My students have actually had a renewed interest in the monarchy because of programs such as that on Netflix. There's a kind of, uh, you know, celebrity voyeurism. It's almost like a reality show that goes with programs like the crown. And yet I had a group of students overseas in Belgium and France in, in May and June. And I think, they were really struck. We were there to look at a commemoration of the World Wars, and they were struck to discover that the, the generation that fought the World Wars, how deeply they revered the monarchy and, and how much that generation regarded the monarchy as, as parental figures and how proud they were of those associations. Isn't that wild? Now, one of the things, and we're talking with Dr. Graham Broad, Associate Professor and Chair in the Department of History at King's University College, one of the things certainly that you have a real first-hand knowledge of is throughout those seven decades of service, you now have a, a very young generation that maybe has a, a very different view of the monarchy or, you know, there, there are so many ways that people of celebrity are followed these days. What do you find your students see in either the monarchy or what did they see in Queen Elizabeth II? Well, I think that uh, there's, there's been a decline in interest in the monarchy, certainly over the years. But as I was mentioning, I think there's maybe been an uptick in, in recent years, uh, in part because of that celebrity culture that surrounded the monarchy. But I think uh, the respect that past generations have had uh, for the Queen has in many respects arrived intact uh, with students today. And it will be interesting to see how they respond to uh, a new king now. And Canadians should realize Charles is automatically our king. That's not something our parliament uh, decides upon. And maybe before we go, Dr. Broad, you could take us through what happens there. Do we refer now to Charles as King Charles III? Does that mm -hmm. happen automatically? Yep, he, he becomes uh, King Charles uh, the moment uh, the Queen died. Uh, and the, well, the question of what he styles himself is sometimes up in the air, but apparently he is going to be called Charles the, the Third. 
and he's automatically king of the United Kingdom and also king of Canada and the other Commonwealth realms. Not something our, our parliament decides upon. What parliament will decide upon is an appropriate period of mourning for the country, expression of condolences and those sorts of things. Will there be eventually a coronation ceremony and, and maybe how far away would something like that take place? There will be a coronation ceremony, and and you can be assured that they already have it well planned, uh, given how long the Queen's reign was, uh, that they'll have all the plans in place for it. I I would expect it would happen. Uh, Might even even be as early as this year, but certainly sometime early into the next. Okay. Well, Dr. Broad, we really appreciate you helping us to understand some of the finer points of the history of Queen Elizabeth II and certainly what is still to play out in the next little while. All the best. Thank you, Mike. That's Dr. Graham Broad, Associate Professor and Chair in the Department of History at King's University College.